people would rather be right in their relationships than loved. And that is the quote of the day. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. It's Friday. And what that usually means is that it's Finance Friday. But today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do Flashback Friday. We're going back 40 years, all the way back to the mid-1970s with our featured speaker, Mr. Werner Erhard. If you've never heard of Werner Erhard, he is the founder of EST. And EST, back in the 70s, was a hugely popular personal development transformation seminar that no longer exists. Actually, today it's called Landmark Education. And so if you've ever taken the Landmark Forum or uh, you know anybody who has taken the Landmark Forum, it's it's amazing. I highly recommend it. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. And so look that one up. And um, I study the mind a lot. The last year or so, I've just been studying the mind almost every day. And if there's one thing I know about the mind is that it's all about survival. Our minds are all about making ourselves right and other people wrong. Our minds are all about avoiding domination. Our minds are all about holding a position and sticking to it. That's what the mind really, really loves to do. And in this clip, Werner talks about how our minds and the fact that we always have to be right and the fact that we always have to hold our positions, that it's keeping us from feeling love. It's keeping us from really maximizing our potentials in life. And so uh, take a listen, and uh, here's Werner Earhart. I will bet that every complaint in your life really represents a racket, that you have that about which you are complaining in your life because it somehow makes you right. You watch the way people use their illnesses. You watch the complaints that people have about their work, about their jobs. Most people's complaints about their work, about their jobs are a way, are a racket which enables them to avoid the domination of their job like an opportunity. See, if your job showed up like an opportunity, like the possibility of making a difference, like the possibility of making a contribution, if your job showed up like a space of freedom in which to express everything that you had, everything that you were, then you'd have to be responsible for the opportunity your job is. But as long as you can say they and it and the boss and the circumstances of your job and they don't listen, I say that that's a racket. And I'm inviting you to take a look at your, at your complaints like a racket. The complaints about our work for the most part help us to avoid the domination, help us to avoid the responsibility of the opportunity which our work is. You know, I know in your relationship, you're saving something. You don't give everything you got. You're saving a little bit. Because someday, the guy's going to come on the white horse. And when the guy comes on the white horse, then you're going to give everything. But not to him. Or not to her. No, they don't understand you. 
They don't fill in your own complaint. <laughs> but I say that that lets you off the hook. That helps you to avoid the domination of the responsibility of holding your relationship as an opportunity to express yourself fully and totally. See, if only she fill in the blank. That's your racket. And when we get authentic about the kind of beings we are, we, the kind of beings that we see ourselves to be when we want to be authentic about it, is a racketeer. And the racket is whatever it is you're complaining about. You're too old. Being old's a racket. I had the privilege of a very close relationship with a man who was 84 when I was working with him. Bucky Fuller was anything but an old man at 84. Yes, he had certain constraints that his body's age put on his actions, but they did not show up like a racket for Bucky. They didn't keep him from being fully and totally and absolutely alive. So I'm inviting you to stand in the possibility that if you want to be authentic about yourself and take an honest look, what you're going to see is a racketeer. And that's what life's about. The being of human beings leaves human beings as racketeers. We've got this racket. And like all racketeers, we expect the payoff from the racket. The racket, the payoff is we get to be right. Your racket lets you be right. Or it allows you to make somebody wrong. Lots of people in their 60s are still making their parents wrong. Still making their upbringing wrong. People would rather be right in their relationships than love. You know what he did? Whatever he did is more important than love. You stand in that possibility. Now, I know it's not your relationship we're talking about, but you stand, <laughs> you stand in that possibility and look at the relationships of your friends. And you see, looking out from the possibility that you would exchange being right about what he did or she did, you would exchange that for love, or they would, your friends. Life is a racket, and you and I are racketeers. And if you can get beyond the horror of that, to just be with the is of it, I say that there's power in that. And you have to see whether what I say turns out to be so. I'm talking about the possibility that accepting your own deep, profound inauthenticity, accepting that your life is being used by it, I'm saying that accepting that, not like the truth, not like something you believe, but accepting it as a possibility, in which you are willing to stand and look out at your everyday being in the world and your engagement with your everyday concerns, I'm saying that the acceptance of that inauthenticity will lead to a breaking up of the, of the resignation which you are. The resignation of the environment of being into which you wake up when you wake up in the morning. The day by day in this petty pace about which Shakespeare spoke, not like a set of circumstances, because I know you've got a lot of titillating circumstances in your life. 
but like a mood out of which one lives. I know how to put on the good face. I know how to look good, and I know you know how to look good. And television and most of what we consider to be public is about looking good. And if you look out from the possibility that your life is about looking good, you're going to see that a hell of a lot of what you're up to is about looking good. You don't mean it. And sometimes you know you don't mean it. You don't even believe in the things you believe in, and sometimes you know you don't believe in them. But you keep looking good about it. You're afraid to express your own doubts for fear of not looking good. And again, while I don't profess to be telling the truth, I'm not a guy in a diner. So I'm inviting you to look out from the possibility that you are a racketeer, that your relationships, that your work, your job, the things in your life are really about getting these payoffs. And the best place to look is those things about which you're complaining in life. I don't like. I don't want. You see, you and I are willing to sacrifice the quality of our life for these payoffs. Like I said, in our relationships, we're willing to sacrifice love. I mean, real, the real presence of love. Like, maybe you can remember, we're willing to sacrifice that for being right and making the other person wrong. We're willing to sacrifice that to dominate the other person, to manipulate them, to get them to be the way we want them to be and to avoid any manipulation or domination from them. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to win, to avoid loss. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to justify ourselves. If any inkling of an opening for generosity shows up in the relationship, we close it down very quickly in order to keep ourselves justified in the position that we're in. We're willing to give up, to sacrifice, our own self-expression. See, on your tombstone, they're going to what they're going to put on your tombstone when you die? Something was left. And we don't know what it is or was. See, they ain't going to put on your tombstone used up. Because you ain't going to get used up. No, you're going to save it till Prince Charming comes. Then you're going to give it. But not now. Not here. Not for this. Not for what you got. Most people are going to go to their grave with the sense that there was something in them that never got expressed. That there was something there, something of real value, something that could make a difference, something that could have been a contribution, that just never got expressed. And most of us are going to go to our grave like that. Because, you see, we're willing to sacrifice being used I don't mean being used like I was speaking about before. I mean being used by, by being used, I mean using ourselves. Most of us are willing to sacrifice our own full self-expression for the avoidance of responsibility, to avoid the domination of taking on life like an opportunity. Most people are happy to give up their happiness. People don't have any problem sacrificing their happiness, not as long as they can be right. See, I say any place in your life where you are unhappy, I'll bet that right there you're being right or making somebody or something else wrong. You've exchanged your own happiness for being right or making somebody or something else wrong. Okay. All right, friends, that was Werner Erhard. And you can probably tell, Werner was and still is one of the most powerful speakers 
out there. He was just way ahead of his time back in the 70s. What he was doing was rubbing people the wrong way. And it's crazy because what he was doing then is what people do now. And, you know, nobody really cares. <laughs> it's a trip how, how that whole thing works. But if you want to watch a really cool documentary about him and Est, there's one on YouTube called Transformation the Life and Times of Werner Earhart. I think that's what it's called. And if you want to listen to the entire talk, like today you just heard a clip, but if you want to listen to the entire talk, it's also on YouTube. It's called Werner Earhart, The Heart of the Matter. And it's, it's kind of deep. I've listened to it probably about five or six times. It's three hours long, and it probably took until the fourth time I heard it to actually start to get it. Because he's talking about some crazy philosophical stuff, like the being of being a human being and all this stuff. And uh, But if you listen to it over and over again, it slowly starts to make sense. So I highly recommend that again. It's called Heart of the Matter. And uh, that's it for me. It was a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's clips. If you have a chance, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Leave a rating and a review. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't gotten my free ebook, head over to SeanCroxon.com. It's called The One Percenter's Mind, Seven Steps to Beating Fear, Doubt, and Indecision, and How to Get Everything You Want. I'm out. I'll see you Monday. Peace.